Wherever you're listening to the show, please subscribe to the show so that you are getting notified about every new episode that comes out and leave a rating of the show so that other people can know about it. We can move up the algorithm so other people can work on their game the same way you're working on your game. Now let's get to it. I have a text line where I send out a free daily motivation text to everyone in my community every morning. If you want to get that text, text me at this number right now, 305-384-6894, 305-384-6894, straight to your phone, free, everyday, daily motivation. Send me a text right now. School is supposed to teach you how to think, not what to think. Stayallday.com. Stay exceptional. Work on your game. I like the approach. Work on your fucking game. Everybody has relates to what Dre's saying in a different way. Work on your game. I like the way he thinks. Work on your fucking game. I like the frameworks that he's put together. Work on your game. And I would highly recommend it to anybody that's trying to work on their game. Work on your fucking game. I think it's a good approach. It's a different approach, too. Hey, you, work on your game. Gave me something really good. Work on your game. DreOldDay.com. And his philosophy makes a lot of sense. Not only work on your game, perfect your craft. Work on your game. He knows how to communicate in such a fabulous way. I can't say it enough. Work on your game. You are now tuned into the show where you learn the discipline to show up day after day to do the work, the confidence, put yourself out there boldly and authentically and the mental toughness to continue showing up, doing the work, putting yourself out there, even when the success you've expected to achieve has yet to be achieved. And on top of all this, you get a huge dose of personal initiative. That is the go-getter energy that moves any one of us, including yourself, to go and make things happen instead of waiting for things to happen. Then we put all this together into a series of frameworks, approaches, insights, strategies, and techniques all underneath the umbrella of one unified philosophy that is called work on your game. My name is Dre Baldwin, also known as Dre All Day, and welcome to the show. And today's topic, we have a series alert, three-part series alert. This is part one. This is going to be how to do D-I-E the right way. D-I-E. That is not how to die the right way, but D-I-E standing for diversity, inclusion, and equity. And I know sometimes people call it diversity, equity, and inclusion, but we're going to call it D-I-E because it's causing many things and many institutions to die because the way it's being done right now is not being done the right way. But that's all right. All right. People have a right to be wrong. I'm going to fix everything both today and tomorrow and the day after. I'm going to tell you how we do this actually the right way, how you do DIE the right way. Now, before I even get into this, let me tell everybody, first of all, that I send out a daily motivation text message for free every single day to everyone who is in my text community. If you would like to receive that message that is guaranteed to keep you focused, sharp and on point, all you have to do is raise your hand by sending me a text and letting me know that you want to receive it. So just send a text to the number that I'm about to give you. It is 305-384-6894. Text that number right now. And every day when I send out the daily motivation starting tomorrow, you will be on a list and you'll be getting the daily motivation. As a matter of fact, I also send out other texts. I also let people know about specials that I'm doing. I ask questions. I'll let you know about other things that I got going on. And you get the text there. And Here's something else that I didn't tell you. You can actually respond to any one of those text messages and you might even get a response back from me because I actually do respond to my text. I go through my text every day and read the messages and I do respond to text messages. So anybody who's in my text community, you ask them if they have ever responded to one of my texts, they will let you know that I have even written them back. So text me at my number and you can get that daily motivation text. The other thing is if you go down to work on your game down in the description at workonyourgame.net, have a new presentation that I made for free. It's a 45-minute presentation for those of you, not for everybody. Let me tell you who it is for. For those of you who are interested in D 
getting to the next milestone when it comes to your revenue, whether that's for your business or just your income when it comes to you personally, either way, I mean, they both go to the same place, right? You're interested in increasing your revenue and getting to the next level without having to kill yourself to do it, meaning without having to do a whole bunch more work just to make more money. There is a way to do that. And there's a way to do it strategically and systematically. I laid it out in the training how it's done. So go to workonyourgame.net, not .com. I own workonyourgame.com too, but if you go there, you won't see the training. Go to workonyourgame.net. The link is down below, but I think all you can remember that. Go there right now. I'll give you a 24-hour window to see the training. Okay, so workonyourgame.net. Get that training right now. That link is down in the description. Now let's get into this topic. Now, I explained in episode number 2199. If you have not heard that episode, you can go listen to it as a framing for this conversation, how DIE is the enemy of high performance. I told you that it is actually getting in the way of people performing at their highest possible level when you put this DIE stuff in place. If you don't understand why that is, well, I understand that you don't understand why that is because you didn't hear the episodes. Go listen to episode 2199 and I'll explain to you how DIE is actually the enemy of high performance. And I also explained episode number 2170, which was about, about a month before I put out episode 2199. I explained that we don't need diversity, inclusion, and equity. What we need is sameness, imbalance, and exclusion. We actually need that in different places. So it's basically the opposite of all three, sameness, imbalance, and exclusion. I explained why that is in episode 2170. So if you haven't listened to those two episodes, 2199, 2170, go listen to those so you can understand that what DIE is trying to push out here, and it's just getting bigger and bigger, it's continually expanded over the last 20 years, is actually making things worse, at least when it comes to high performance. Now, it's making things easier for average and mediocre people, but I would assume and I would hope that the audience that I'm drawing here at this show is not average and mediocre people. So if you're an average and mediocre person and you are drawn to the message that I share here on this show, then I want you to send me a text message and let me know what about this show has gotten your attention because I got to make sure I change my message so that average and mediocre people are not interested in anything that I share here because that is not who my target audience is. But if I happen to be drawing those people, then I got to take responsibility for that and I got to make some adjustments. So I'm hoping that that's not you who's listening to the show right now. So in this three-part series, today, tomorrow, and the day after, I'm going to explain how DIE can be used. Okay. I'm not trying to destroy DIE. I'm just saying we just need to do it the right way. Okay. So I'm going to explain how to do it the right way because right now, in the last two decades, it's been being done the wrong way. I'm going to explain how it's done the right way. So it's one thing if you see something that is not going the way it's supposed to go in life. And if you're just talking about it and saying that it's bad, that's one level, but it's a whole other level when you can actually offer a suggestion on how to fix it. So not only am I going to trash it, which I have already, I'm going to fix it. Okay. So I'm not just pointing out the problem. I'm actually going to offer a solution. So the powers that be, whoever these people are who are pushing DIE, any of you who have a job whose your very job is DIE, diversity, inclusion, and equity, or I'm going to tell you how to do your job the right way. Okay, so let's get into it. Today, we're going to do diversity. The next day, we're going to do inclusion. And the next day, we're going to do equity. Okay, so today, part one is on specifically on diversity. Here's how we do diversity the right way. First of all, let's get a clear definition of what diversity means. It says, it is showing a great deal of variety or very different. That's the definition of diversity. So let's get into how we do diversity the right way. Point number one. Number one thing we need here is diversity of opinion, point of view, and approach more than we need diversity of color. You see, one of my biggest challenges with the D part of diversity, inclusion, and equity is that the only diversity that is actually being talked about is diversity of color. And I actually know people, I know people personally who have jobs that have diversity, inclusion, equity as part of their job title. I know people whose full-time job is 
they're like the commissioner or the minister or the manager or the coordinator of diversity, inclusion, and equity. I know people who do this as a profession. They go around and they do speaking gigs and consultations and write books about diversity, inclusion, and equity. Unfortunately, I can't get any of these people to come on my show and talk about it because yeah, I don't think that would go good for them. It'd go great for me, but it wouldn't go good for them. But anyway, one of the main things that I see, actually the only thing I see when it comes to diversity, when people mention diversity these days, at least the woke folks, what kind of diversity are they talking about? They're only talking about one kind of diversity. They're just talking about color. This is why everybody I know who works in diversity, inclusion, and equity, they're all people of color. There are no white people working in diversity, inclusion, and equity, because if they were, there would be an uproar. Like, how, how you got a white person working in the diversity field? But the thing is, the diversity that we need is not diversity of color. Because what if two people of different colors, let's say you got a black person and a white person, but they have the same opinions, the same perspectives, and all the same ideas. Is that actual diversity? What's diverse about that? What, they're just different colors? So, they, so you can just check a box? See, that's what this is all about. This is all really about checking the box. And we all know that. But I'm taking this on a more literal level. So any of you who thought that I didn't understand that, I understand. I understand what the game actually is. But see, I've checked out of that game. That's why I became an entrepreneur. So I don't have to play these games. And I don't have to pretend to be going along with the bullshits. And I can actually call it out and talk about it out loud like I'm doing right now. Like many other people, many other people understand what I'm saying. They agree with what I'm saying, but they can't say it out loud. I can say it out loud. I can say what you can't say. That's why uh, you plug into the show. That's one of my reasons for existence and being here talking about these things. Diversity comes in many shapes, forms, and sizes, folks. Diversity is not just limited to color. But those of you who work in corporate, and I know many people who do, those of you who work in academia, and I know many people who do, or in any environment that has been poisoned by wokeness, and I know many people who do, the only diversity that actually matters in your spaces is, oh, actually, there's another form of diversity that I forgot to mention, is the diversity of gender and sexual orientation. Those are the new ones that got introduced. Actually, the new one is sexual orientation, if I'm using the right term. Any of you woke folks want to correct me on the term? What's the term if you're like putting a gay person where it used to be straight people? Is that orientation? Is it gender? Is it, what are they calling that these days? Whatever. All right, let's just say bringing it, putting a gay person in there, okay? So the diversity that has traditionally existed is diversity of, we got to put women in spaces that have been traditionally occupied by men, and we got to put black people where it used to be white people. All right, those are the two kinds of diversity that has always existed. So I said there was only one kind, which was covered. I was wrong. The other kind was female replacing males. So those are the two that have been generally accepted. Now the new one is being brought in is somebody who's LGBTQ. So any of you right now who works in corporate or academia and you want to get a promotion, but you've been unable to acquire that promotion, let me tell you a quick way you can get a promotion. All right. Since you probably can't change your color from black to white or white to black, here's what you can do is just announce that you're a them, they, he, it, or that you're gay now. And now because you are diverse, now you can actually get the promotion that your skills otherwise would not have afforded you. And now I'm kind of being sarcastic, but I'm kind of not. Right? Again, any of you who work in corporate or work in academia, if I'm wrong, send me a text message and let me know that I'm wrong about what I just said. Again, it's sarcasm, but it's not sarcasm because it's actually true. And that's the crazy part about it. The fact that it's actually true. The only diversity that actually matters in these places, these institutions that I'm talking about, is putting women in positions that used to be by men and then putting people of color in places that were occupied by whites, regardless of skill set. See, I don't mind a black person having a position that a white person used to have if the black person is just as qualified, if not more than a white person. But if a black person who's less qualified than a white person takes the white person's spot just because they're black and the company has to check a box and they got to hit a certain quota and understand that according to the government, these are real things, folks. All right, these are real things that certain companies cannot 
elevate a white person without elevating also a black person, or they can't elevate a certain number of white people without elevating a certain number of black people, or swipe out men and women, or now gay and not gay, or LGBT and not LGBT. This is a real thing that's happening in real places that you are giving your real money to. Many of you don't know about it. It's not being announced so much and it's not being amplified when it gets spoken about. But these are real things that are happening. That people who are unqualified for positions are being promoted to them simply because of their quote unquote diversity. And it's only diversity on the surface level, i.e., you're gay, you're female, you're black. It has nothing to do with your actual skill set. And I would guess that anywhere that I'm giving my money, I want people who are actually skilled and have the ability to do the job. I don't care what color they are. All right, if I need 10 people to work for me and all the top 10 most qualified people that will work best and help my business move forward are all men or they're all white or they're all heterosexual, then so be it. Because I'm not in the business of diversity, inclusion, equity. I'm in the business of winning. I'm in the business of success. I'm in the business of results. Now, I know what business you're in, listener, but that's the business that I'm in. And if they all happen to be gay, they all happen to be female, they all happen to be black. Okay, let's do it that way. I'm in the business of whoever's going to help me win the game. I'm in the winning business. I'm not in the diversity, inclusion, equity business, but Many of the institutions that you're giving your money to, they are in this business. And that's why this matters. And that's why I'm talking about it. So this is what's happening with the diversity part of this whole game. The only diversity that matters to these organizations is the CYA diversity. Those of you don't know what that means, it means cover your ass. I remember I was in St. Louis. I was doing a speaking gig in St. Louis once and I took an Uber from the airport and the guy who I was riding in his vehicle, he had an SUV. And I'm sitting in the back seat and I can see you know, through to the front seat. And this dude had this like really tech heavy like camera set up while he's driving. I see he has a camera that's like filming the road that he's riding on. And there's another camera that's filming him and it can see me, too. So he has a camera filming what's happening in the car. He has a camera filming how he's driving and the, the directions that he's going outside of the car. And I asked him, I said, what's up with all those cameras that you have in the car? And he said, uh, you know, it's just a CYA. CYA stands for cover your ass. In other words, this guy was so paranoid about maybe somebody accusing him of something or somebody hitting him with a refund charge, I guess, on an Uber ride that he had everything that was happening in his car being filmed consistently. I'm sure it was draining the hell out of his car battery just to make sure that he didn't get, I guess, any negative thing happened to him. It was very interesting. This guy just seemed very paranoid. He was kind of a weirdo, but I did get to my location one time and I did not charge a refund to him. So I guess he didn't need to film for mine. The whole point is, with a lot of these organizations, all these people are trying to do is cover their asses. They're just trying to not get fired, especially when you work in, again, like corporate or you work in academia. You all have seen, I mean, y'all got the internet. You see how people can just cause a ruckus and make a whole bunch of noise about something and they're getting people fired. They're getting people forced to resign. They're getting people canceled. Why? Just because this person is not being diverse enough or you said something insensitive or you didn't fire the person who should have got fired or you didn't make a strong enough statement against something that went wrong. And y'all know how this stuff is happening. I mean, again, this is not news to you, is it? Nothing that I'm saying to you is actual news. The fact that this stuff is taking place. And this is what's crazy. And there's a book that I mentioned that I would suggest all of you go and acquire and read. It's called The Coddling of the American Mind. If you have not read that book, I would suggest you read it so that you understand the mentality of there's a certain percentage of the population right now that is really, really buying into this stuff. And I'm not telling you to read it because you need to be afraid of them necessarily. I want you to read it so that you're informed and you understand where these people are coming from, because they think they are 100 percent correct the same way I think I am and the same way you think you are. Read this book so that you can understand. As Sun Tzu said, in 100 Battles, if you understand the enemy and you understand yourself, you will never be in peril. So you need to understand who these people are and why they think the way they think. Again, the book is called The Coddling of the American Mind. The truth is, despite everything I've described here, the real diversity that's needed anywhere in any organization is diversity of thought, 
and diversity of point of view. Those are the kind of diversities that we actually need. Those are the kind of diversities that I want in any group that I'm a part of. I don't care if we all are the same color and the same gender and the same sexual orientation, but I want a bunch of people with different opinions and different points of view. They don't have to be different colors that have a different opinion from me. See, what I don't need is diversity of color, diversity of gender or sexual orientation just to say that I did it. I'm not going to bring a gay person to come work for me just so I can say I got a gay person working for me. Does this gay person have skills? Can you help me succeed? Do you have any opinions or points of view or ideas that are different from mine? If so, then I'll bring you in. I don't care if you're gay or not. What you do in the bedroom ain't got a damn thing to do with what you're doing when you're working for me. You understand? See, the biggest challenge that these DIE initiatives have these coddled minds that is created in the world is that so many people now have, now they have these ideas and these points of view that a lot of people have been bullied and intimidated into either sharing or not sharing, depending on what it is, for fear of what might happen to them in retribution. So if we want to have real diversity, what we need to do is open the lines of communication back up and stop punishing people for having diverse thoughts. So for example, there are people who work in college campuses who I know personally, and I w- wish I could have a real open, honest conversation with them, but it's impossible right now because they know where I stand on certain things and how I talk about things. So they don't want to get in a conversation with me because I'll challenge them on their bullshit. And I think they can just stay, you know, believe in their bullshit and getting paid for it. Why change? Why put that at risk? So I understand why they're in the position that they're in. But I would love to ask some of these people, are there any people on your campus who work there who are openly Republican? Are there any people there who will walk around with a a MAGA hat on? Any people who will walk around and say, you know what, I voted for Trump, and if he runs again, I'll vote for him again. Not because it has anything to do with the Republicans or Donald Trump, but because in many places right now in America, if you were openly saying that you're Republican or you voted for Trump, you would get canceled. You would get fired. You would get attacked. There'd be protests against you just because you're supporting somebody who, as far as I'm concerned, they can run fair and square. You could vote for him. You could not vote for him. But isn't it interesting to all of you? you Don't you all think that's kind of interesting that You can't even support a certain political party or a certain political candidate without losing your job, getting fired or being ostracized from the people who are allegedly your friends, your work friends, at least, just because you have an idea that's different from theirs. Isn't that crazy? I mean, I think that's crazy. I think that is the exact opposite of diversity. But the same places where you probably couldn't walk around, there are college campuses in America right now where you could not walk around and say, I voted for Trump and I'm going to vote for him again and keep your job yet. These places have whole departments that are dedicated to diversity, inclusion, and equity. You tell me how that makes sense. Moving on to point number two. Today's topic is how we do DIE the right way. Today, we are talking about diversity. Number two, all opinions and perspectives are free to be shared and subject to challenge. This is real diversity. If you want real diversity in any organization, I don't care if it's a household of man, woman, no child. I don't care if it's a sports team. I don't care if it's a business or an academic institution, a classroom, a lecture hall. Every opinion and every perspective is free to be shared and it is subject to challenge. And let me be clear, key word here is challenge, not cancellation, not it can't be said, not it's hurt speech, it's harmful speech or hate speech or it's hurtful or you're not allowed to say that because it's an attack on other people because you've said something another person disagreed with. Like there are certain campuses, college campuses right now, I couldn't walk in a room and say, you know what, I voted for Trump and I'll vote for him again if that was my perspective. There's certain rooms I can't walk in and say, hey, I'm a Republican. I'm not saying that's the case. I'm saying there are places where I couldn't walk in a room and say that without getting shouted down and kicked out of the room. They wouldn't invite me back just because I said that. What Did I say something illegal? Uh, did I yell fire in a crowded theater? No, I didn't do any of that. All I did was say, this is my perspective. This is my opinion. And that would get 
shut down, not challenged, but shut down and shouted down and basically kicked out. I wouldn't even be allowed to come in the room just for even floating the idea on right here on the show. They found out. They said, no, we can't bring Dre in. Again, I'm not even saying that's my opinion. I'm saying this is you can't even have certain opinions in certain places. And these are the very places that are claiming that they're diverse, inclusive and equitable. If you're having real diversity, that means every opinion is open to be shared and it can be challenged. We can challenge the opinion. It doesn't mean everyone has to agree with it, but we'll challenge it. We'll have an open discussion about it. That's the very point of people having opinions is that you exchange about your opinions. I say what I say, how I feel. You explain how you feel. And we go back and forth and we talk about it. That's the whole point. And we don't have to change each other's minds. I don't know a single human on the planet who's ever successfully changed another person's mind through any level of conversation. The point is for us to exchange ideas and perspectives, challenge each other. And it's like a boxing match. Right. That's how it goes. This is the way it's supposed to be. Every opinion must be defended in an open market. I talked about this when I talked about the 12 work on your game commandments. That was episode number 2219 through 2222, where I laid out the 12 work on your game commandments. One of them was the open market commandment. If you have an opinion that you believe and you want to stand on, share your opinion in the open market and let's see how the open market responds to your opinion. That's it. If you really believe your opinion, you will defend it. You will share it and defend it on an open market. And let's see what people say. If you only share it in a bubble controlled space where you know you will be coddled and affirmed and verified, then I don't believe that you actually believe what you're saying. That's where I stand. Especially if you consider yourself a public intellectual or a thought leader, or you're in a space where you actually share your stuff with the world, then like me, like what I do, I write books. I have this show right here. I put videos on YouTube. I post on social media. I can't say, hey, I'm not going to defend my opinion in the open market. I work in the open market. I can't say, well, look, if you disagree with me and you don't like my opinion on this, then I'm not engaging with you. I'll just block you if you say anything that goes against my opinion or you challenge my opinion. That's ridiculous. Like I'm in the business of sharing my thoughts publicly. So if I'm not willing to defend my thought publicly, then who am I? What am I doing? I'm not playing the game the right way. This is the way the game works. Every opinion must be defended in an open market if you are a public figure or you consider yourself to be one. Not just a closed space where you'll be coddled and confirmed by your supporters who agree with you, but you also had to be challenged by people who don't agree with you. And you got to stand up there and you got to deal with that challenge. Now, this is why schools have debate teams. I was never on a debate team in school, but I think I should have been. It would have made me better. If that's not happening, then you don't have diversity. If you don't have people having their opinions challenged, then you do not have diversity. This is the biggest problem that's happening in a space like the academic world. The Coddling of the American Mind, that book, will tell you a lot more about this. This is why many colleges and universities of America, you know what they're producing? They're producing a bunch of people who have the same ideas and they're pushing for the same outcome and they're pushing for this. Everybody has to get the same outcome, regardless of gender, origin, nationality, race or any other traditional diversity attributes that are being emphasized. That, that's ridiculous. Having an organization that is half male and half female or half black and half white, half hetero and half LGBT, but everybody has the same opinions is not diversity. Right? My whole organization, everybody has the exact same opinions, the same ideas. But I got gay people, straight people, white people, black people, Asians. I got males and females that we're diverse on the surface, but we all have the same thought patterns. Are we actually diverse? My answer is no, that's not diversity. And I think the diversity of thought and diversity of opinion is more important than diversity of color. Unfortunately, a lot of people can't see around color because color and now sexual orientation and also gender, these things are so emotionally triggering for people that if you can get people triggered emotionally, then it doesn't matter if your argument makes any sense logically, because emotion is way stronger than logic. So this is why the point that I'm making here, even though 
you may be listening to this and saying, well, I agree with everything that you're saying, Dre. Here's the reason why most people will never wrap their minds around what we agree on is because these topics are so emotionally triggering that their logic never even gets a chance to have a say in the conversation because emotion overpowers logic 10 days a week. And I know it's only seven days of the week. That's how strong it is. So if somebody works in an organization and they cannot come in and make this point without being shunned, attacked, fired, or otherwise reprimanded for offending somebody with an opinion that goes against the grain. All right. Is that actual diversity? Of course not. It's from the academic world that we get somebody like Ibram Kendi, who wrote the book, How to Be an Anti-Racist. Ibram Kendi is a college professor. Can you believe that? What kind of conversations do you think happened in his classroom? Uh, this guy's a college professor. I did a series on his book, which was episode 1788 through 1791. It's called Destroying Anti-Racism, parts one through four. Even Kendi's book starts with the thesis. I read this book twice because it was so interesting to me. I do not agree with a lot of what Mr. Kendi came up with, but I read the book twice just to make sure he was saying what he was actually saying. And he says, he defines the thesis of his book is that the definition of racism is anything that produces unequal outcomes between different races. That's how he defined racism. First of all, the definition of racism is the belief that one race is greater than another based on color. That's the definition from the dictionary. Even Kendi just decided, you know what? I'm going to throw that definition out and come up with my own definition. All right. This is how the serpent fooled Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. But he just changed the words around and said, no, the definition that was given to you by a higher being is not the definition. It's a different definition. We're just going to run with this definition. And because of that, all hell broke loose. Literally. Read the Bible. See it for yourself. And this guy's a college professor, Mr. Kendi. What is he teaching in his classrooms? Uh, what kind of students are being produced from his classes? Did any academics challenge Mr. Kendi on the conclusions that he drew in that book? Well, the answer is there are academics who wanted to challenge him, but because of the job that they have and the fact that their paycheck is tied to that job and their ability to feed their kids is tied to that paycheck, they had to sit on that idea. And there are people like me who don't have my opinions are not tied to a paycheck. I challenged it, but he could just conveniently ignore me. He don't have to listen to me. He don't have to come and debate with me. He could just stay in his bubble and keep getting his checks for selling his drivel to the people who want to pay for it. All right, this is the game. And I ain't mad at him for it. I said it in my series. Like, it was a masterful plan. And he executed it very well. He's still executing it to this very day. But the point is, did anybody challenge him on his perspective? As far as I know, I didn't see him have not one public conversation with someone who disagreed with his thesis. And his thesis is a word. I don't think that's a word. But anyway, nobody challenged him openly on his conclusions that he actually responded to and like have a conversation with that person. The only people I saw him have conversations with were people who were verifying and basically validating everything that he said. So there was no diversity in any of that that he came up with, even though he basically openly defied the dictionary and came up with his own definition and everybody just bought it, hook, line and sinker. I know from reading the book that his editors did not challenge any of his conclusions because I've written books. I've written 33 books. You see the books behind me on the shelf. I've written books with traditional publishers. So I know what the fact checking process is like. I know what the copy editing process is like. And I know that they challenge you on any conclusions that you draw. They say, how do you know that? Where's your footnote? Where's the proof? Where's the source of this information? Even Kennedy didn't have any of that happen on his book, because if they had, then the book would never have been the book. The book could not have come out the way that it did had they gone through that process. Now, why they didn't go through the process, you can draw your own conclusions. I wrote about it. I mean, I talked about it, excuse me, in those episodes, 1788 through 1791. Go listen for yourself. And again, if I got something wrong, you let me know. You see, one of the main principles of the academic world, I'm bringing this up for this reason. One of the main principles of the academic world, folks, especially at the college and university level, is that every thought and every idea will be rigorously challenged by your peers. That's the very point of going to college. 
is not for people to give you more information. So you go K through 12, it's just give you information. All right. You understand math, science, you know how to read and write and all that stuff. That's K through 12. When you get to the institutions of higher learning, like colleges and universities, their very existence is there to teach you how to think, not what to think. And because of that, to that end, every idea and thought that you have will be rigorously challenged by a whole bunch of other smart people who are also in these colleges and universities, including your professors and your classmates. That's the very point of college. This guy, even Kennedy, works at a college. He wrote this book where he has come up with his own definitions that never existed before he came up with them. And this has got pushed right through and people are actually bringing him in to come speak to them and teach them how to be anti-racist when he's making up definitions that aren't from the dictionary. He just made them up and everybody just pushed this through like it was nothing. And they're continuing to push this through. It makes no sense. Well, actually, I have a pretty good idea why this is happening. But every time I talk about it, I'm thinking I'm putting this out there because maybe one of you knows something that I don't know. All right, help me out. You don't go to a university just to have your ideas validated and affirmed. You go to a university, have your ideas challenged and beat up so we can see how strong they actually are. But that's not happening anymore. It used to happen, but it's not happening anymore. Diversity is the main thing that many colleges and universities are supposed to be supplying, but they're actually missing. They're doing the exact opposite of what they're supposed to be doing right now. And some of you parents, you're paying thousands of dollars a year to send your kids to these places and they're indoctrinating your kids with a bunch of bullshit and they're not teaching your kids how to think. They're telling them what to think. And again, if I got it wrong, you let me know. That's why many people coming out of colleges these days all have the same opinions, not because they're all thinking the same way because they're not thinking at all. They're being told how to think or what to think. Excuse me, not how to think. Moving on to point number three. Today's topic, once again, is how we do DIE the right way. Today, we are talking about the D, which is allegedly diversity. Number three, when you're doing it the right way, people will not only be challenged, but encouraged to think for themselves and come up with their own perspectives and ideas, which they must present, explain, and defend against pushback. This is what real diversity looks like. Let me say that sentence again. People will not only be challenged, but encouraged to think for yourself Come up with your own perspectives and your own ideas, which you must then present, explain, and defend when challenged. This is what real diversity looks like. Someone who's teaching on a college campus, this is what the conversation should be like in class every day. Come up with your own ideas, present your idea, and now you got to explain your idea, and now we're going to beat up your idea, and you got to defend it. That's rigor. That's academic rigor. That's what it actually looks like. Where is that happening? When the way I see it, I see a lot of college professors who are a lot of them are on those social medias. They're writing books. They're writing academic papers and they have strong opinions on certain things. Now, if your college professor has a strong opinion about, let's say, the concept of anti-racism or diversity, equity, inclusion or on uh, transgenderism or something like that, and they have a really strong opinion on it. But now they have students in their class who have a different opinion. Right, how's that going to go? Is that professor really open to it? What if I was a student in Ibram Kendi's class on racism and I completely disagree with him? Can I pass this class? How's that going to go over? I'm just trying to understand it because if I get, have a long enough conversation with him, I'll knock down his whole foundation of his whole career. All right. Am I going to pass his class? He's a teacher. Now he's one supposed to be teaching me. This is what I'm trying to help you all understand. This is where the diversity has completely gone ass backwards. One issue with ideas amongst groups is that often people will fall in line and agree with whatever their prevailing opinion happens to be within a group with no independent thought of their own. And this is just a normal human nature thing. Right, this is not a new thing. It's human nature. But if you have real diversity in a group, everyone will have their own perspective and opinion. No two opinions will be exactly the same. And everyone will have their own reasons for coming to their own conclusions. Now, that's a very idealistic way of looking at things. For the most part, we got to understand it. And just in by human nature, 
the majority of people are followers. So they're going to follow whoever the strongest personality is, and they're going to come to the same conclusion as that person. We didn't actually come to a conclusion. They're just going to follow that person. I understand that. But it should be encouraged for people to think for themselves, come up with their own ideas. What school is supposed to do, what it's supposed to do is teach people exactly what I just said. Teach everyone to come up with their own conclusions and their own reasons for having that conclusion. But school has continually, the American educational system has continually for decades failed to do this. It's only getting worse now, but they've been failing at this since way before all of this existed. Before podcasting is this, they were failing at this. School is supposed to teach you how to think, not what to think. And when your teachers and professors are coming to class with their own ideas that they are more than happy to push out publicly, write books about and get on YouTube and TikTok and talk about, how can a student go through that class with a different opinion and survive? Again, what if my psychology teacher is big on transgender? What if they're transgender themselves? And I am a devout Christian by the book, Orthodox Christian, and I believe that transgenderism is 100% satanic and wrong. How am I going to go through that class and pass? If we are fundamentally on different pages and the teacher has shown up to class with their own preconceived ideas about how everything is, not because they're trying to teach me how to think, but they're going to tell me what to think. This is what it is, not what they're proposing. They're not going to have a rigorous debate with me about it. They're going to tell me that I'm wrong because I have an opinion different from theirs. And again, ladies and gentlemen, this is not a theory. All right? This is not a hypothesis. This is not some hypothetical situation. This is actually happening in real schools and real places in your country right now, Americans at least, because my teacher has the power to hand out grades, right? And if the teacher is outspoken and has their own opinion on the subject, they showed up to class with that opinion and I come with a different opinion. Or how's that going to go? What is the student to do if they have a different opinion? This is one of the failures of the educational system in that it teaches students to, for the most part, memorize and regurgitate information rather than consume information, toss it around in their own minds and come to their own conclusions based on the information. And all the teacher has to do is teach students how to think critically and objectively, how to measure their conclusions against measurable facts and objective facts and how to craft a compelling argument on a topic that is not necessarily fact-based. That's what school is supposed to do. But when the teacher doesn't have that skill because they're more interested in pushing their own opinion and telling everybody what their opinion is as if it is a fact or truth when it is actually an opinion, how are they qualified to teach a student how to do it? And all of you listening, parents, how much are you paying to send your kids to that college? Y'all better find out what's going on. Hey, I'm just putting the information out there. Don't shoot the messenger. Y'all better find out what's going on. What is being taught to your kids? And this is not just in colleges. I'm using colleges as an example. But this is happening in high schools. It's happening in middle schools. It's happening in elementary schools. Go look at this. There's an account called Libs of TikTok. I don't even use TikTok, but I see their posts on, they post it on Twitter. So that's where I see it. There's an account called Libs of TikTok. And they take these crazy things that people are doing often in schools and they get video. This, these people are so open and so confident in what they're doing. They're actually recording themselves saying ridiculous things and doing ridiculous things with students. They put it on the internet themselves. It's not like this is some hidden camera trick. This is, they're actually putting it out. Like, yeah, this is what I'm doing and ain't nobody gonna stop me. Y'all are sending y'all kids to these schools, not me. <laughs> now, my kids not school aged yet, but when they are, hey, we'll see how that goes. Maybe things will change by then. But let me recap today's class, which is the topic is how to do DIE the right way. Today, we are talking diversity. Tomorrow, we'll do inclusion. Definition of diversity is showing a great deal of variety, also very different. Point number one, diversity of opinion, point of view, and approach is more important than diversity of color or diversity of gender. These are the only kind of diversities that have actually been pushed over the years. It's just color and gender and now sexual orientation. But what about opinion? What about thought? What about perspective? Those are the real kind of diversities that we need, but no organization is really emphasizing those. They're emphasizing the color and the gender and the 
sexual orientation because those are the things on the surface that most people notice. Number two, all opinions and perspectives are free to be shared and subject to challenge if you're doing diversity the right way. But it's not happening. But if it was, this is exactly what would happen. All opinions must be defended in an open market. This is the open market commandment from the work on your game commandments. If you're not willing to defend your opinion in the open market, then I don't believe that you actually believe it and that you may just be saying what you need to say so that you can keep you know, getting your checks, which is fine. If that's your hustle, that's what you want to do. But you bring it over here, it's going to get challenged. And number three, if you're doing diversity the right way, people will not only be challenged, but encouraged to think for themselves and come up with their own perspectives and ideas, which they must present, explain and defend against pushback. If you are not willing to defend your ideas against someone who completely disagrees with you, then I don't believe that you actually believe your idea, nor do I believe that you are a critical thinker because critical thinkers can see both sides of any argument, even an argument that they are staunchly against. They can argue the other side of it. A good lawyer can argue both sides of any case. A critical thinker can argue both sides of any opinion. If you are not able to do this, then what you need to do is learn how to think critically. I'll help you out. Go listen to episodes 1826 and 1827 of this class. And by the way, any episodes of this show that you don't find in your feed, because I think they only show you maybe the last 500 and we have over 2000 here. Go to workonyourgamepodcast.com. You can listen to any episode in the history of the show. Again, that's workonyourgamepodcast.com. Tomorrow, we're going to get into inclusion. Two things for you to do now. Text me to get my daily motivation for free every single day. That is at 305-384-6894. And get access to my free training where I tell you how to get to that next level when it comes to your finances, when it comes to your income and revenue. That is at workonyourgame.net. Work on your game. Dre all day. I have a text message line now where every single day from my number, I am sending out a text to everyone in my community with a daily motivation message to keep you sharp, focused and on point to get started and be energized for your day. If you want to receive my daily motivation text, just send a quick text right now to say hello to this number 305-384-6894. Again, 305-384-6894. Get my daily motivation text straight to your phone free of charge. 305-384-6894.